Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for January 13th, 2020. Uh, I'm Katni. I'm sponsored by Adafruit to work on CircuitPython. CircuitPython is a version of Python that runs on tiny computers called microcontrollers. And it is designed to make learning and getting started with programming and electronics super simple. Um, this is the time of the week that we get together uh, to discuss what everyone has been up to. Um, it is uh, normally held at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Mondays. Uh, take a look um, at the CircuitPython channel on the Adafruit Discord uh, if we ever change that day because of U.S. holidays or some other reason, uh, we post it there. Um, this meeting is recorded. We record both the audio in the CircuitPython voice channel and the text in the CircuitPython channel. If you're not already on Discord, uh, you should absolutely join us. Go to the link adafru.it slash Discord and come join us. We are there all week in the text channel um, and every Monday in uh, the voice channel for the most part. Um, if you want to join the meeting, um, but you don't want to be recorded and you still want to participate, you can enter your uh, status updates and hug reports into the text channel. Or if you just want to listen in, we love to have people lurking. So feel free to join us even if you don't want to participate. Um, we uh, encourage everyone to, to join us uh, if anyone wants to. CircuitPython development is sponsored by Adafruit, so please support them by purchasing hardware from adafruit.com. Uh, this recording of this meeting will go up on YouTube and will also be available on uh, most podcast services. If you find that it's not available on your favorite podcast service, let us know so we can uh, get that fixed up. So this meeting is held in five parts, I think. Um, <laughs> And uh, we, we go through these five parts. Um, the first one is community news, which is uh, just everything uh, Python on hardware in the community. Um, it is a, basically a preview of the Python on hardware newsletter that we put out every Tuesday. Um, so you get a little uh, sneak peek of what's going on there. The second part is the state of CircuitPython and the libraries. Um, this is a statistical overview of the entire project. It sort of gives a better view of the health of the project outside of what it is we actually have going on uh, with it ourselves. Um, so we talk about it by the numbers. Uh, we'll talk about the, uh, the project overall. Then I will turn it over to Scott to talk about the core. I will then talk about the libraries and then I will turn it over to Melissa to talk about Blinka. So that is the state of CircuitPython and libraries. The next section is hug reports. Hug reports is an opportunity to call people out for the awesome work that they are doing. Um, we do this every meeting and it's just a positive experience for everyone involved. So we want to give everyone the opportunity to call out anyone else uh, for things that they've been doing um, and or just call out the whole community. Um, we do this section and the following section as a round robin where I will start and then we'll go down the list alphabetically and loop back around um, and giving everybody a chance who 
is interested to participate. If you are interested in uh, giving hug reports or status updates and you do not want to attend the meeting, you can always add your notes to the notes document, which we post over the weekend before the meeting. And then I will read them off in alphabetical order as though you were here. Um, as well, if you're text only, please let us know um, and post your notes to the text channel or to the document um, so I can read those off as well. The next section is status updates, uh, which is an opportunity to take a couple minutes and tell us about what you've been doing since the last meeting and what you're going to do until the next meeting. Uh, this is actually how this meeting started, was uh, the um, two uh, core developers at the time um, wanted to take the time to sync up on Monday and make sure they were in the same place, and uh, I wanted to sit in on it, and it basically blossomed into this massive community meeting, which is amazing. Um, we'll do that as a round robin as well, the same way and uh, read off anyone who has notes in the document that is not in attendance. The final section is in the weeds. This is an opportunity for more long-form discussions that come out of status updates and or you already have. So if you have questions or um, something you want to discuss that doesn't make sense in status updates, please add it to in the weeds. You can post it to the text channel um, for us to add, or you can add it yourself to the document. And please do so while we are having the rest of the meeting and or discussing any other in the weeds topics so that we're not uh, waiting around for um, to find out whether or not anyone else has in the weeds topics. So post those as soon as you know you have them. Um, and understandably, if they come out of status updates, uh, it'll happen later, uh, which is not a big deal. So uh, that, is the, that is the structure of our CircuitPython Weekly. So with that, I will turn it over to Phil with Community News. All right, thank you, Kenny. You're welcome. Okay, first up, um, CircuitPython 2020. Thank you everyone who sent in amazing stories and things that they wanna see, not only with the technology, but what we're doing uh, together as a community. Um, I think one good example, take a look at Scott's Fest. Uh, Scott's a core developer on CircuitPython, but it, uh, you don't see anything about code. There's not a bunch of code there. It's more about um, what can we do with bringing more people in, mentoring, and how do we build things for others? So I think that's a good example. Like You don't have to say like, oh, here's, here's the pull request I want to get out this year. You can talk about um, you know topics that continue to make us um, a really great community and bringing more people in as well. So uh, that being said, uh, there is a deadline. Uh, it's kind of today. So if you want to get it in, uh, check out the blog post. Uh, the other examples are linked right there in Discord um, and in the community notes. Uh, I'm, I'm in probably a similar spot as a lot of you. I'm like, I'm putting a lot of stuff together for other people um, and getting in the newsletter and stuff. So mine will probably be a little bit after, but as long as you get it out there, we'll continue to add it. So if you're uh, stressing out about that, don't stress, um, but do add something because uh, this is what helps us go. Um, we have 98 boards on circuitpython.org uh, slash downloads. And uh, I got this Firefox plugin because I think it's the only way to do it, but um, check out this crazy image. I put it in Discord. It's the, it's the way you can look at a website and it sends it, saves it as a uh, screenshot. That's just neat to look at. Um, I, I do notice that as boards come in, uh, so if you look at full size, it's a big, tall image. As boards come in, um, usually they're 
um, from other sites or um, someone had just got started or it's from um, a company, a large company that just has like a dev board on uh, kind of standard web page white background. Um, but then over time, as it gets more popular, um, we usually take photos. So the, the photos get more interesting, I think, and more artistic on the way up. So I thought that was a neat gradient to look at. But anyways, 98 boards will have, will, um, will make some noise around 100. Pro probably be, um, might be the feather blue fruit sense, which um, as I look over at Lady Ada's desk, she's working on it right now. Um, hug report for Arturo and Scott and uh, Lady Ada and, and just everyone who got a bunch of stuff going on with these new fast chips. So we have support for the TNC4. I'll put some links there. So if you all are familiar with Paul Starverson's TNC4, you can run CircuitPython on it. And uh, it's super early. There's links in the blog post that I put up, and there's a forum post. Um, open up any issues. Um, and also, uh, folks in our community, get ready. A bunch of folks from the Teensy community are going to be in. So maybe help them out with resources, um, point them to tutorials, uh, encourage them to put issues up if they find things. Um, it's definitely more in the audio kind of like speed because uh, that chip's very powerful. Uh, that's a lot of the themes that you'll hear. So just point them in the right direction. One of the neat things that I got to help Lady Ada with was, I think it was on Friday night or Saturday night. In 20 minutes, we IO teensied. We took a teensy and made it go online. And that's nearly something that's impossible. Like I don't, I tried to find some teensy for IoT projects, but the power of Python, specifically CircuitPython, it could do stuff with JSON. And we had a quote feed that we have. So the code goes, uh, it would fit on a blog post, my blog post there. And to see a board that's not normally associated, and plus it's a new chip with IoT projects, be able to do that so fast, I think we're gonna see a lot of cool cool things. And we're like literally like not even a business day in right now. So not, not bad, um, second week of January. And as Arturo put in the chat, yeah, take a look at the open issues. Um, some are waiting for ideas and feedback and more. Um, there's progress with the IMX Feather series, I'm going to add a bunch of cool renderings and photos that Arturo did. So you'll see that in our newsletter, but you'll also get some previews here in Discord. Look at that board. It's a nice looking board. Um, another nice looking board. Joey is working on a CircuitPython version of the open book. Open book you've seen around everywhere. It's like, here's a cool open open source book. The back of the board has like all the instructions look like one of those soap bottles. Um, take a look at what's happening with that project if you ever wanted to have an ebook system um, build your own or have like a really big ink display those aren't cheap but maybe one day they will be uh, take a look at this project there's there's a lot of stuff that still has to get done with circuit python to make all that work but we will probably get to it um, other community news if you know um, lorraine Lorraine has a new book coming out i pre-ordered it it has a bunch of uh, projects for all ages with um not only adafruit stuff but microbit and Raspberry Pi. So I'm going to have our team do a fun review of it. Like here's some projects you can do, but also if you want to support someone in the community, that is a book to check out. Um, don't know if you know it, but Pi Cascades in Portland, just a few weeks away, Scott's speaking there, and Nina made a Pi Portal countdown. You can check out the uh, code and the project there if you want a reminder. Um, if you're Scott and you have slides that you don't want to get done, that's probably a nice thing to build for yourself. Um, and you can keep it on your desk and be like, OK, I have this many days to finish my slides. Um, here is uh, the list of the top tens that we have. 
um, for circuit uh, with circuit Python stuff in it. So every year when there's a new year, we do a top 10, here's the top 10 products that were on Adafruit, here's the top 10 videos, here's tweets. Uh, we did some of the decade, but if you look this year in particular in the top tens, even though CircuitPython hasn't been around for a decade, for example, a lot of the stuff got in and a lot of the 3D printed projects got in um, at either the top one or top two spot. So like the Watchmen Sister Knight project, uh, Regina King plays Sister Knight and Watchmen. We made these cool goggles and uh, they're CircuitPython powered. So there's a lot of uh, escalation or trying to think of the right word, escalation or uh, speed, speed increases um, for people adopting stuff. And we're seeing that across our product lines, across the project that people have, the videos that people are watching, because they're able to do a lot with Python really fast. So if you like 3D printing, but you want to do electronics, normally kind of hard, add some Python a little bit, a little bit easier. Um, and that's the community news for this week. There's a bunch, but there's a lot going on. So it'll be in the newsletter and I shall save it for that um do you have any issues or pull requests there and thank you everyone who sends in stuff each week and tweets it um if you see things on the twitters uh you can and you want to get our attention you could just do an at at adafruit we'll we'll take a look at it and uh once again another another week where i'm down to the wire there's so much stuff going on um in python and hardware news that uh it's it's too hard to contain in one newsletter and that's the community news thanks phil all right, so next up is the state of CircuitPython and the libraries. Um, so this is a statistical overview of the health of the project. We'll talk about it overall, and then we'll get into some details following that. So overall, and this is across all the libraries and the core, we had 58 pull requests merged from 19 authors and 10 reviewers. Um, part of this was I finally did what I kept saying we needed to do, and that was I went through old PRs um, and all of the PRs on, across the libraries to see what could be merged, what could be done, um, and if it was some simple linting error, that sort of thing, I just fixed it up and got those merged. Um, and as well, we have had um, some new contributions. So uh, some names I don't recognize is uh, Signalmeister, uh, Philip P. Keller, um, and Basil Huber, I guess. Um, I don't recognize those names. So thank you to the new people. And thank you to everybody else who has been contributing for a while and um, is still doing so. And 10 reviewers is amazing. Uh, the more people we can get reviewing, the better. And reviewing is a great way to get started with contributing if um, you're interested in it, but you don't know where to start. Uh, consider reviewing PRs. Um, and we had 12 issues uh, closed by nine people and 28 open by nine people. Uh, so we are net up, but uh, we are tracking lots of things. So overall, um, we are working towards the 5.0 release candidate, um, which is just around the corner. Um, we may do another beta, um, depending on what we still want to work on. And we want to make sure that we've got all the bugs in line and we know where we're going with that. In terms of the libraries, uh, I definitely am working on making a more concerted effort to keep up with everything. Um, 
in terms of getting PRs in. So if you contributed at any time in the last year, you may get some emails um, asking whether you're still interested in working on whatever it was you submitted. Um, and there may be action on PRs that you submitted. So look out for that. Um, and moving forward, make sure that if you submit a PR and you don't hear from us within 24 to 48 hours, ping us directly. Um, we don't want to end up in the same situation that we already ended up in with a lot of PRs that have been open for nearly a year. Um, and, uh, just the issues that come with, um, with old PRs. So that being said, feel free to ping us, um, both on the core and the libraries. If you put in a PR and you don't hear from us within 24 to 48, um, let us know so we can take a look or at least let you know why it is we haven't responded. And with that, I will turn it over to Scott to talk about the core. Awesome. Thank you, Katni. Okay, so on the core side, we had four pull requests merged. Uh, Camtom480 uh, is one of those folks, and uh, they are doing this presence, presence, Sony's presence board. So thanks to Camtom480 for that. Uh, happy to see them still around and following up on that. That's really cool. There's another PR from them that I have to look, look at today as well, I believe. Um, so thanks to the four authors and uh, one reviewer, myself. Um, we had nine open pull requests. Um, the oldest one is 157 days, which we should probably take a look at. Um, but really, we're, we're in pretty good shape. Issue-wise, uh, we had zero closed issues, but we had 20 opened by three people. I think that number is slightly off or a little low because um, Arturo 182 has been adding a bunch of stuff for the new IMX RT line. Uh, so we now have 100 or 253 open issues, which is a, a significant jump from last time, but I'm not worried about it. Uh, lots of really good ideas and threads to pull for this new chip line. So that'll be good. If you want to see what those are, there's a link in the notes doc uh, to the issues list there. Uh, we have seven active milestones. Um, I'm not going to go over these too much. Uh, basically, we're going to hit uh release candidates for 5.0 shortly here as katney said and we'll we'll groom all of the issues uh as we do that and figure out what we actually want to fix before we go into uh 5.0 stable and then it'll be exciting times after that as well um number of supported boards according to this 101 uh it's different than the 98 on the website because i believe we turn a few off so boards that we build we don't actually show um, on the website. So I think that's why that number is a bit different. Uh, I think it's going to be hard to actually call a, a single board 100, but we definitely have some really cool ones in the pike are coming down the pike. Uh, download stats wise, uh, in the note stock, we have it broken out by board and by language. If you want to see those, uh, check out the note stock. Um, overall, uh, for 412, which is our latest table, we've had 5,082 downloads. And uh, for 5.0 beta 3, we've had 283 downloads. So um, there's been a couple issues that we've come up with beta 3, but please give it a try anyway and let us know uh, what you find. I think the biggest one is one that I think Roy's already fixed or has a PR for a fix, which is the subscript issue. Uh, but please do give it a try anyway. Uh, be, a, be, a, be a bit brave and let us know if you find anything with beta 3. And I think we will get a beta 4 out this week to fix that issue as well. So that's it for the core. Thanks, Scott. Mm -hmm. Next up is the libraries. So on the libraries, we had 54 pull requests merged by 17 authors 
and thank you to our new contributors um, and or really old contributors in the sense that a few of those PRs were over a year old. Um, we had 10 reviewers, which again is excellent. Thank you so much to everybody who reviewed um, all those PRs uh, that we had merged. So at the moment we have 28 open pull requests, which is down and that is excellent. We still have some very old ones, but uh, as far as I know, every single PR has been at least touched in the sense that uh, I have at least pinged who was involved to see if they're still working on it, see whether or not we want to merge it, um, to re-trigger review requests, uh, all that sort of thing. So again, if you submitted a PR ages ago, um, be prepared to see some action on that and feel free to uh, to re-engage with that and we will try to see to it that it doesn't languish as much as it has. Um, so the current oldest is 344 days, which is significantly down, um, and we have a couple that are brand new. So uh, we are seeing still seeing new contributions um, on top of the ones that we need to continue to fix. We had 12 issues closed by nine people and eight open by seven people. So we're down to 140 open issues. If you are interested in um, what those issues are across all the libraries, uh, you can go to circuitpython.org slash contributing and uh, the list is available there. Um, also available there is a number of other uh, pieces of information about the libraries, uh, including um, open PRs and library infrastructure issues. So um, if you are interested in contributing, uh, as the page name implies, it is an excellent place to start. Feel free to ping any of us in the CircuitPython channel and um, let us know if you need any help with that. We have a guide on using Git in GitHub and we are happy to um, answer any questions. Uh, so this week, in terms of new and updated libraries, we have two new libraries, one of which uh, has been in the works for uh, over a year, which is PyPixelBuff, so that's amazing to see that. And uh, the other one was put together by Brent, which is ProgressBar. Um, I won't list off all the updated libraries, but we have a few. If you're interested in seeing those, they are available in the notes. And with that, I will turn it over to Melissa to talk about Blinka. Hello, this is Melissa, and uh, I'm going to talk about Blinka, which is our CircuitPython library compatibility layer for Raspberry Pi and other single board computers. Um, so we had six pull requests merged by uh, four authors and three reviewers. And a couple that are new are uh, Fig1010 and E80 2788. Um, we had we have two open pull requests at this point, and um, there were four closed issues by three people and three open by three people, which is um, a little higher than normal, which is great. Uh, and we are net down by one. Uh, there are still twenty seven open issues uh, for the Pi PI downloads in the last week. There were two thousand one hundred and fourteen. And it says the number of supported boards is 58, but it's actually 35. I think that's like all the different variations, but not all of them are supported. Um, and that's it. Excellent. Thanks, Melissa.
And that is the state of CircuitPython, the libraries, and Blinka. So next up is Hug Reports. Hug Reports is an opportunity to call people out for any kind of awesome work they're doing, um, any kind of thing that you feel is worth recognizing someone else in the community and or the entire community. Um, this is, uh, this is um, that time to do that. So uh, we will run this section as a round robin where I will start and we'll go down the list alphabetically. If um, you are text only or um, don't want to uh, participate in voice, um, you can uh, put your notes in the Discord chat channel or put it in the text doc or in the notes document with text only after your name. And as well, if you are listening to this later and would like to participate but uh, don't have an opportunity to actually join us during the meeting, you can add your notes to the document and we will read them off as we go. Um, just put uh, something about missing meeting um, or that sort of thing and uh, let us know. So uh, with that, I will uh, get started. All right, um, so I want to give a hug report to Foamy Guy for all the continued effort on the Android Bluefruit Playground app. Um, we're seeing a lot of progress with that, including progress towards uh, seeing it published, which is amazing. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I have uh, iOS devices, but uh, my main device is an Android device, so this is an excellent thing. Um, I want to thank <clears throat> I want to thank Anne for dealing with the newsletter on Friday for me when weather shifted my travel plans. Um, we would have been driving through an ice storm if we had traveled when we initially intended to, so we uh, bumped it up, and that meant my uh, requirements for Friday were unable to be attended to, and Anne took care of that for me, so thank you there. Um, thanks to Dan for showing me how to increase the stack size in a CircuitPython build so I could test some changes to the Circuit Playground library that bumped into a stack size issue again. Um, I was able to uh, make my own build and um, increase the stack size and uh, test it properly. And so that was really good. And uh, lastly to Hukuzatuna for an incredible patience with providing Discord support. Um, there is uh, sometimes um, it's you know it requires a lot of patience um, to work with someone and um, that has been the case recently with him and I really appreciate that he continues to put in the effort so thank you for that uh, and with that um, let's go to maker Melissa Hello, let's see here, where am I in the document? <laughs> uh, okay, uh, I wanted to give a hug report to Yeato2788 for all your hard work on the Blink of PRs for the Onion and Pine64 boards and the push to add lot, lots more boards such as the uh, some additional orange pylons. Uh, hug report to Fig1010 for looking into the Benho Nova I2C issues so quickly. Uh, one for Carter for jumping in and fixing the Benho Nova I2C issue. Uh, TG Techie for successfully fixing his first merge conflict and group hug. All right. Next up is Sedacious. 
Uh, hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Awesome. Uh, so, got a couple of reports today. Uh, first off, uh, to Dylan and Somersoft for getting in the last few repos uh, updated for the uh, actions migration. Um, I think we're we're pretty dang close to the end, and so it's really nice to see we're so uh, close to the finish line. Um, I think we are probably going to be able to put in the patch for the last little change we need to make, and then we'll be ready to get to releasing all the libraries. And when I say we, I really mean Dylan. He's going to be doing all of them. And uh, I know I appreciate that because it's tedious, but it's definitely very necessary, um, especially when we've been you know, sitting on commits because we know we're going to be doing a bunch of releases. So there's a bunch of backlog, as uh, Katniss mentioned. Um, so I'm glad to see this cork soon to be unplugged. Uh, and see uh, things going well and get everything be done with this actions project. Uh, so next up, uh, hug report to Arturo for getting the ball rolling with the PR to add IMXRT support to CircuitPython. Uh, another one to Scott and Lady Ada for burning midnight oil, adding to Arturo's work to add a teensy bit of feature and board support. Uh, another one to Seagrover for his Gridi and Pygamer-based thermal camera code. After I was able to find an appropriate font, it pretty much just works. And finally, a group hug to everyone who's written a CircuitPython 2020 post, tweet, comment, or whatever. Uh, I look forward to reading the rest that I haven't gotten to yet. All right. Uh, next up is Summersoft, who is text-only, so I will read it off. Uh, hug report to Sedacious and Deherada for the continued push on getting the GitHub migrations done. Also, thanks to all the reviewers. I haven't watched the reviews closely, so I'm not sure who they all are. To Foamy Guy for the Android BLE app development. It's nice to see that capability become available. To folks who provided their CircuitPython 2020 posts and a group hug. Next, I have some notes in the document for Stargirl who said, everyone over in P PCB design channel for giving very helpful suggestions on my board. And next up is Scott. Hello, um, I'm gonna swap the order here a little bit. So uh, thanks to Arturo again for the IMXRT port. Uh, it's just been awesome to get that ball rolling. It feels very fitting as a way to kick off 2020. And then, uh, Related hunger note, uh, thanks to Paul Stoffergen, uh, Lady Ada and PT for their Teensy 4 excitement. It really kind of like grew over the weekend and it's been fun to see some new folks trying CircuitPython. Generally, it's pretty good, even though it's very early in the port. Um, so that's, again, kudos to Arturo for that. Um, thank you to everybody for your CircuitPython 2020 posts. I've been uh, reading them all and blogging them up and it's just been awesome to see how long that list has gotten of all the people that are involved uh, in CircuitPython and what they think uh, is important to the project. So uh, keep those coming, please. And uh, like I said, we're hoping to get them done today. Um, we'll talk about it in the weeds a little bit. But if you if you haven't done it yet and you'd, you'd still like to, please do. We'd love to hear from you. Um, hug report to you from uh, Sigrock. I was in there over the weekend uh, been asking lots of questions, kind of one of my goals 
is to get a tiny USB based logic analyzer where it's just like drag the UF2 and now you've got a, a low speed logic analyzer. Um, and it'll be much better with the IMXRTs down the road as well. Um, so I've been playing around with SIGROC and if you've ever tried to use PulseView on a Mac, you know that like zooming in and out is really painful. And I figured out why that was the case and actually did my first pull request uh, to PulseView. So now uh, on two finger drag, left, right, up, down, it's like way more responsive and like actually pleasant to use. So um, check that out and thanks to them for the super quick uh, review and merge on that. Um, and lastly, I just, uh, Katni was just talking about it and I, I just added it this morning, but going through that PR backlog is just incredibly uh, helpful and important. I, I saw a couple of those go by last week and tried to, to help keep the ball rolling on them. So uh, Katni, thanks for taking the time to go back and take a look at it. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. All right. We have some people lurking. And uh, next up is Brent. Hello. Um, Hugs to see Grover for unique conversion work. I'm really interested in seeing how it progresses, especially as uh, more is starting on uh, Sensor Lab for Arduino. So I'm looking at seeing how we want to do it for CircuitPython. Um, Jerry for pushing ahead with the RFM9X reliable datagram work. Um, it's going to make our LoRa libraries better. Uh, we won't drop as many packets, which does happen. Um, I sent him some interesting uh, information on like, you can like probe the SPI bus and to look at the window receives. So maybe we'll figure out how to do that and make our libraries better. And then Scott and Arturo for the IMXRT port. I haven't had time to try it out, but it's really promising and I'm excited to try it. And a group hug. All right, thanks. Um, Carter, are you lurking today? I am not, if you can hear me. I can hear you. Excellent. Um, not lurking for hug reports, I'll lurk for everything else. Okay. But first first time back in 2020, I just got back like mid last week. So happy new year and group hug everybody. Thanks. And then and then specific group hug or specific hug to uh, Melissa and Sedacious for pointing out that uh, issue with the Benho Nova. That was my bad. I messed up their part of the code when I was merging the MCP two 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 one stuff. So I, and I was on travel when that kind of all came down. So it was nice that they were kind of taking care of it. And then to Fig ten ten for actually specifically figuring out the issue and PR in the fix and getting that all nicely fixed and wrapped up very quickly. So thanks. To, thanks for that. And that's it. All right. Excellent. Thank you. Next up is C Grover, who is text only. So I will read that off. Hugs to Scott, Brent, and Carter for helpful ideas and coaching. I'm on a steep learning curve as usual, it seems, and appreciate their experience, insight, and patience. And a hug to Glaud for the lively discussion and new knowledge regarding thermal arrays and display I.O. Next up is Dan. Hi. So I, first I'd like to thank uh, TAC, who works on TinyUSB, and also a lot of uh, NRF52 Arduino code. And he wrote um, BLE bonding uh, in the NRF52 Arduino code. And I that code has been a great guide to me as I implement bonding in uh, CircuitPython. Uh, I'd like to join everybody else in thanking Arturo uh, for doing the IMX port, a huge amount of work, and then for um, Scott and um, Lady Ada for bringing it up on the Teensy 4.0 
uh, in short order in the past few days, which has been fantastic. And I'd like to thank uh, Jeff Epler for continuing to uh, plug away at solving audio problems on SAMD51, which has its enormous number of idiosyncrasies. Thanks very much. Okay. All right. Next up is DeVoe, who is lurking but has hug reports in the notes, so I will read those off. Hug for Teen C4 support, and very excited about playing with the new LED animations. Next up, I have notes for DGloud, who is uh, likely sleeping, apparently. Um, a hug to Scott for accepting the idea to sort this report by chronological order. Another hug to Scott for a few answers and putting me in touch with Phil and Lady Ada. Hug to Phil for providing Blinka stickers uh, for my FOSTEM 20 presentation. To Arturo182 for IMX RT port and those that tested it like Lady Ada and Scott. To Jeff Epler for accepting my Pygamer example in the MLX90640 library. To Hydronics2 for the NRF52840 LED hat BLE code works on my new hat. To Dan H for figuring out there was an issue with uh, for my MU problem and contacting NTOL. To C Grover for discussing a discussion on Display I.O. for thermal camera and showing me map range. And to everyone for their CircuitPython 2020 posts. And uh, next up is Drew Fustini. Yeah, uh, just a general group hug this week. All right, excellent. All right. So next up is Foamy Guy, who is text only, still no microphone. Uh, who has a hug report for Jerry N and Kitten Canaveral and D Gloud and anyone else who did for Android testing and feedback on the Bluefruit app? And to Scott and Arturo182 and anyone else who involved with the TNC4 effort, I'm excited to pick up a board and try out CircuitPython on it. And next up is Higher Effect. Ooh. Um, so uh, hugs this week to uh, Jeff Je uh, Jepler for um, some star reviews on my submissions this week. Um, he's uh, He's been starting up giving reviews on the STM32 stuff, and I'm excited to have somebody else uh, learning new things um, on the STM32 port so that uh, more people are able to uh, think about that end of the uh, community. So that's exciting. Uh, so thanks very much for that. Uh, to, thanks to Scott for helping figure out some weird interrupt stuff on the Meow bit, which is one of these new ports I'm trying to get running, but it's kind of running into a lot of problems, so I appreciated that. Uh, and then... Uh, to Arturo for the IMX port, which I am so excited to try out and uh, and get working because there's a not just for kind of the community, but there's a ton of my personal projects that I want to use that in. So um, really looking forward to that. So and then group hug to everyone else, of course, especially those who wrote uh, CircuitPython 2020 posts this week. So all right. Next up, I have uh, some notes from Hakuza Tuna, who is not in the meeting. Uh, group hug, you all do amazing work, and shout out to the Small Sats channel. Great resources listed. I very much want to orbit a Circuit Python satellite. Then, uh, let's see. Next up is Jeff. What a world we live in that we can talk about. I want to send up a satellite. Is that just crazy? Bit, uh, anyway, yeah. 
group hug and a hug to Summersoft for the audio mixer work. Um, I, there's a lot of moving parts in there, and as I try to improve it a little bit, I appreciate um, what you did getting it to this point, and uh, yeah, we'll get it further on together. Um, and hugs to everybody with the CircuitPython 2020 posts, especially when you focused on the community. Mine was very kind of technically focused, and I think I need to learn to focus myself more at the community questions because when we when we have the community working, the technical stuff just takes care of itself. Like look at the IMXRT stuff, right? You guys are are doing it. So keep the community good, and the code is going to keep take care of itself. So thanks for thinking about that. All right. Next up is Jerry. Um, hi. Um, yeah, it's, uh, thanks to Foamy Guy for all the continued work on the Android um, app for the uh, Bluefoo Playground. And Dan for pointing me to where the source codes are for some of the Arduino BLE demos that I've been searching for forever. Uh, these are like for the, the image loader and the um, and for the, uh, the Bluefoot Playground app for the, for the, the, the um, Arduino.ino file, uh, files. So it's nice to get a hold of those. And uh, then Noe and Pedro for their retro cases for the Pi portals, the uh, 3D files. I uh, sent stuff off to Printing House and had one made, and it, it's great. My Titano looks, looks really nice. Excellent. Thank Thanks. you. And that is Hug Reports. Thanks, everyone. Uh, so that means next up is status updates. Status updates is an opportunity to take a couple minutes to talk about what you've been doing since the last meeting, uh, what you will be doing until the next meeting. Um, it's uh, an opportunity for everyone to sync up on what everyone else is up to, but it's also an opportunity to give tips and tricks on something that you may be blocked on or that you want more information on. And remember, if you feel like it's going to be a more long-form discussion, we can add it to In the Weeds uh, to take the time to have a longer discussion about any given topic. So if you come up with any In the Weeds topics while we're doing status updates, please post them to the CircuitPython channel uh, or post them to the notes document, and um, we'll get to them when we're done. This section is also done as a round robin in the same way that status updates is. If you're lurking, uh, we'll skip over you. If you are text only, I will read it off. If you are missing the meeting um, and you put notes in the document, I will read those off as well. So I will start and then we'll go down the list, loop back around um, and do it exactly like we did hug reports. So with that, I will get started. Um, so last week, I uh, blogged a couple new and updated guides. Uh, one of them was the PyPortal Titano guide, which got missed because it was published right before I went out for holiday and um, didn't end up back on my list uh, until later. And the other one was the updated CircuitPython Made Easy on Circuit Playground Express and Circuit Playground Bluefruit guide, which the update was made live um, most of the guide was already live, but it got QA'd and everything is good to go. Uh, so now there is Bluefruit support in that guide as well. Um, I added redirects to that guide to both the Circuit Playground Express and the Circuit Playground Bluefruit guides. Um, there was no, never a link from the Circuit Playground Express guide to the Circuit Python Made Easy guide, which uh, was an oversight. And so now there is 
um, definitely links to that guide from both of those. So uh, if you point people at the main guide, they will be able to find their way to this guide. I updated my Circuit Playground Bluefruit NeoPixel animator code to have the streaming prints optional for gizmo purposes. This was an issue that was brought to my attention by Jerry, who noticed that um, if a gizmo is attached to the Bluefruit, um, because it's displaying the REPL, it was significantly, the code was significantly slower. Um, and really the, the whole idea behind that project was not for it to be connected to your computer anyway. So the REPL output was... Uh, serial console output was was really optional um, overall, so it was an easy fix to ensure that uh, everybody who attached a gizmo to their Circuit Playground Bluefruit would have uh, a good experience with that code. Uh, I went through all the library PRs, which took an entire day. Um, it's going to be a continued thing. Uh, we are working to get through all of the backlog and um, try and pare down those PRs to uh, a usable number and also to where we're not looking at 344 days as the oldest PR. So if you got pinged, um, please take a look at uh, whatever PR. Um, if, uh, that if, if we don't, if there's no activity on some of them, they will end up closed. Remember that you can very easily reopen a PR and or resubmit it um, from your branch. So if a PR that you worked on gets closed and in two months time you feel like you are ready to submit it again, uh, remember that you can feel free to do that. And I started adding a not implemented error to the Circuit Playground Library Express module that handled if you tried to import Bluefruit only uh, features into uh, when you're using a Circuit Playground Express and ran into the stack size issue again. So um, I didn't get any further with that yet. So this week, uh, possibly sort out the not implemented error stack size thing. Um, I was able to test it thanks to Dan, but um, need to verify whether or not that is the change we want to make um, and whether any other changes need to be made to submit a PR for that or whether Dan wants to submit the PR, etc. So there's a lot of things I just need to find out answers to quick questions um, to decide how to move forward with that. I need to update the README on the Circuit Playground library uh, to do three things. Um, one, to use the new import uh, mechanism that determines which board you have so one piece of code works on both Bluefruit and Express. Uh, two is to explain the requirements for the latest update. Um, there are, I, I received feedback uh, while the Made Easy guide was being updated um, that somebody was trying to use the new version of the code and it wasn't working and that's because you need the latest version of the library uh, for that to work and to use it on circuit playground bluefruit you have to import all the dependencies as well so uh, this is two pieces of information worth mentioning somewhere um, they're both in the guide uh, however um, there are those who do not necessarily go to the learn system for information they go to readme's so i want to make sure that it's in both places and then also um, there was a page unpublished in that guide that it started to explain how the library itself actually works uh, i don't think that guide is the place for it because that is more of a overview of the features for people who want to get started with it and the readme is a perfect place to explain that so that's another thing i want to get added um, this, when we added the two sound features to the Bluefruit module, um, it 
means that the sound meter code doesn't work on the Circuit Playground Blue Fruit. So it's a simple fix. I need to put in a PR for it, but I needed everything else to be updated before I put in that PR. It is currently updated, so that will be a quick fix. Um, and then next up on my list is the Itsy Bitsy NRF52840 fritzing object and the guide to go with it. So if you uh, got your Itsy NRF and um, aren't sure where to get started with it, uh, keep an eye out for that guide. Um, it'll be just the, it'll be a product guide um, with pinouts and uh, just some basic um, information about it and the files to links to files to use it. Um, so that will uh, get you started if you are working with that. Uh, and that is my status update. So next up is Maker Melissa. Hello. <laughs> Let's see here. Hey, can you uh, come back to me? I seem to have lost the uh, Yep, document. I can do that. Uh, next up is Sedacious. Howdy, howdy. Uh, so, in terms of status, we are close to being done with the actions migration. Um, Summersoft is going to run his patching bits in Adabot to make one more change, and then uh, Dylan will be going through and releasing all the libraries, as I previously mentioned during Hug Reports. Um, another Hug Report to both of them for all of their work, because it's a lot of work, and I appreciate their help in doing that. Um, so that's up. This week should be done. Hopefully, you know, there's going to be a lot of releases to do, so it's possible we won't be able to finish them this week, but we'll do our best. Um, so, yeah, that's that working on some libraries for the new 9DOF sensor in the store. Uh, we got to add CircuitPython support for those and probably some refactoring of the Arduino libraries. Uh, I have to do a bit more practice and work on the Arduino actions of migration. Um, that'll be fun. I've done a couple so far. It's pretty straightforward. Um, there's a lot of libraries to get to, but we'll, we'll, we'll get through it in time. Um, I'm also going to be testing the Rev B of the ICM 2649. Um, we've got the drivers for that pretty much done, but we have to make a slight tweak to the board. Um, so I have to test that it works as expected. Uh, then I will be, well, this is going to be ongoing product project, but um, continuing to try and tame my 3D printer. Um, it's been a journey and it's not over yet. Uh, and um, lastly, uh, I'm going to hopefully do some brainstorming with like-minded folks about CircuitPython 2020-related ideas. If you're interested in chatting, uh, at mention me in the CircuitPython channel, and we'll chat. And that's it for me. All right. Thank you. Melissa, are you ready to go now? I am. All right. Okay. So last, last week, I worked on uh, finished writing uh, my guide for the animated GIF player. I did a lot of Blinka work. Uh, there was a, a sci-fi PR that I got ready, but it's untested to, due to it being a rare board. So I'm kind of waiting on the user for that. Uh, I tested an outstanding PR for from Summersoft uh, for the platform Detect on Raspberry Pi Ubuntu. Um, I uh, We have a fully working uh, 
Blinka, we have Blinka fully working and tested on the Pioneer 64 board. Uh, and I haven't had a board in a long time that had everything working, so that's pretty excellent. Uh, lots of reviewing and testing. I tested a PR for their Arduino SSD 1306 library, reviewed a CircuitPython graphics pull request, and I reviewed a new CircuitPython RGB display PR. I added more boards to downloads and Blinka in CircuitPython.org. And this week I will resume resume working on the HT16K33 driver and guide updates. Uh, I'm going to start on a Pine64 Blinka guide and uh, likely review some additional Blinka PRs. Excellent. And, that, and that's it. All right. Next up is Summersoft has uh, text only, um, but notes in the document. Last week, made a change to the common function that grabs library repos so that it now ignores archived repos. Created, tested, and PR'd a patch file to amend the pylint command for examples in each library's build.yaml. We'll likely run it tonight, though I want to allow someone else the opportunity to gain the experience of working with the patches capability. Uh, that was with Adabot. As for RosiePy, I made some decisions on my security considerations, started setting up things to test those out, including user setup, authentication, and authorization scheme, <clears throat> and how to safely queue jobs that require escalation of privileges, sudo. This week, uh, in terms of RosiePy and PhysiCI, I really need to clean up the GitHub presence. I've started looking at moving them to new uh, accounting org. We'll likely pursue that this week. Uh, keep moving forward on the node integration with PhysiCI. Next up, uh, I have notes for Stargirl, uh, who said, deep in the PCB layout rabbit hole for the winter bloom soul. Uh, next up is Scott. Hello. <clears throat> um, I gave some previews earlier during hug reports, but uh, generally I'm fully swept up in the IMXRT vortex. Uh, I've got to rework the linker scripts uh, for the TNT4 support stuff. Um, and then we'll have a PR for that. And I think I have a list or I have a, a bunch of the EVK like dev boards from NXP for those as well. So I think I'm going to just try to knock those all out. Um, so we'll have examples kind of like across the, the family. Um, shouldn't be too bad. Uh, so I'm going to do that this week, kind of time box myself to this week for that. Um, I did my CircuitPython 2020 post. Uh, if you haven't read it, please do. I think uh, it's, it, I, I found it kind of ironic. It's it's my focus for CircuitPython in 2020. And I, I kind of said that, you know, I shouldn't get distracted, but I was like, I had to write it after I got the IMXRT stuff and I totally got distracted by it. So it's, it's kind of ironic like that. Um, and I've been keeping up posting all the community ones to the blog as well. So uh, take a look. Uh, any of the new CircuitPython 2021s has a link, a list of links to all of them at the bottom uh, if you just want to go through them all. Uh, if I missed one, please email the CircuitPython2020 at adafruit.com email. That'll go to me and Phil. Um, I launched in quotes CircuitPython on Teensy. I wanted to kind of get ahead of it, um, although I was a bit, you know, a day or two behind, but I, I wanted to have a resource for those folks uh, about CircuitPython in general as well. Um, so that they weren't kind of just like 
trying it out blind on on the Teensy. So uh, there's a forum thread there. I'm I'm there's not that many people chiming in, but I am giving kind of support on that. And uh, Paul's look, looking at it as well, which is really cool. So uh, if you want to see the Teensy reaction to things, uh, that's the place to do it. Um, I spent the weekend um, kind of my. Uh, yeah, I've I've been having to tell them that it's alpha, but uh, they got to learn that. They got to learn that that we start here and we just go awesome places. So it's all good. Um, my hobby project kind of goal has been to uh, support uh, Tiny Logic Friend. The goal is to be able to just take any SAMD51 board and uh, use it as a low-speed logic analyzer. Um, we won't be able to do a ton because it's just uh, full-speed USB, but... Uh, I think we could get some basic stuff going. So I'm playing around with that. And then the goal is that that code would then port to the IMXRT with high-speed USB as well. Um, along the way, I fixed a PulseView Mac bug that was driving a spike into my head. Uh, it was just a pretty easy fix, and it feels so much better. So um, if you tried PulseView on Mac before, which is like the the viewer for SIGGROC um, on Mac, and it just like, when you scrolled, it was like really painful. Um, give it a try now. I think they provide nightly builds. So uh, just try the latest nightly in the next day or two. I uh, should pick it up. Um, I've still got some BLE live depth support to figure out. So um, since I'm in the IMX RT Vortex, I thought if anybody wanted to give me a hand uh, kind of wrapping up the, uh, the Apple Media Service stuff, I'd be appreciated. I think the two tasks are getting the, the Adafruit CircuitPython BLE library on PyPI um, so that the AMS library can install it when building Sphinx, and then also adding a stub for underscore BLEIO into Blinka so that when Sphinx for AMS uses Adafruit BLE, Adafruit BLE it, it all works, um, and the Sphinx build, Sphinx build passes. So if somebody would love to help me out with that, I'd, I'd really appreciate it. Um, and then uh, supporting John Park, uh, he's doing BLE HID this week, which is great timing uh, to correspond with what Dan's doing um, and it should be basically good to go. So between the two, Dan and I, we should be able to get JP doing some really awesome stuff with BLA HID. Whew. I think that's it for me. All right. Thanks. Um, I think we are still looking at mostly people lurking for a bit there. And that means next up is Brent. Hello. Sorry, I had a lot open. Um, last week, I worked on a two-factor authenticator for the Pi portal that guides out um, by Wednesday. Um, wrote a library to do like a progress bar in CircuitPython because doing the rectangle and redrawing isn't too smooth. It flickers too much. Um, been doing a bunch of internal Adafruit tests that will come to light probably by the end of this month. Um, been doxygenifying Adafruit IO Arduino, which is a really old library with a lot of files that's been like passed down through a lot of engineers and community members. And it's been a headache, but I'm done with that as of now. And I'm just fixing it up to go on actions. So props to everybody for pushing everything onto actions. It's much quicker. It's like it's literally down 10 minutes uh, from 20 minutes of a build time. Um, and then this week, I'm going to be AFK from tomorrow, um, moving, setting up a new office. And then this semester, I won't be in these meetings. Um, I have a lecture, and I've enjoyed being a part of this meeting this past fall. I always enjoy being a part of this. And I'll be in the notes and on Spotify. All right. 
Excellent. If I remember correctly, Carter is lurking for status updates. So <clears throat> that means next up is Seagrover, who is text only. So I will read that off. Uh, text only in a noisy environment. Yesterday and before. Wrapped up most of the in-studio recording work, so was able to make progress on the trying to keep it a secret project restoring a lost family heirloom using CircuitPython. Since the project involves noisy physical and electronic audio components, hiding it while working on it has been a challenge. The secret project tossed me into a mixing bowl of data unit conversion and physical constant. See the resulting in-progress Cedar Grove converters. Had fun with the Ohm's Law calculator and musical note frequency notation converter. Was profoundly humbled by the automatic daylight savings time converter, but have a working version now. Working on transforming the thermal camera documentation to be more guide-like. Tomorrow and beyond, the remainder of this week will be focused on the secret project and thermal camera documentation. And these lovely purple unpopulated PCBs are still staring at me. Is there a YouTube channel for entertaining bored PCBs? <laughs> All right, next up is Dan. Hello. <clears throat> so um, I've been working on BLE bonding for quite a while now, 10 days or two weeks or something, and it's now working. And I rewrote the insides a few times and uh, testing it with BLE HID. So that's just in time for, uh, as Scott mentioned, for JP to do a project involving that. So I should have a... PR for that um, really soon. Uh, maybe there should be a couple of changes in the um, example BLE HID program that's currently in the BLE library. But uh, I've, and I've tested it on iOS and Android. I'm going to retest it in a couple of ways and test it on a few other things to see how it works. But probably I'll submit it soon, even if it's not has has some rough edges right now because I'm sure some other people want to try it. And because I've been heads down on, on bonding for so long, there are a bunch of things like increasing the stack size PR and other things that people have mentioned that I would like to get back to uh, w without worrying about uh, bonding in the middle of the night like I've been doing. All right, thanks a lot. <laughs> Excellent. All right, next up I have notes for Dave Bricchetti who says, have made a Circuit Playground Express and Raspberry Pi versions of a smart thermostat. I actually trust it to operate when I leave the house for several hours now. Uh, as a side note, um, that is entertaining because apparently the first time he tried that, it failed and left the heater running the entire time. Um, and then we'll soon modify Advanced Circuit Python Circuit Playground Express examples for the Blue Fruit. Um, and next up is David Gloud. Uh, are you text only? Do you want me to read it off? Excellent. Will do. All right. So getting ready for FOSTEM 20 presentation. Got Blinka stickers from Phil. Thanks again. Preparing slides. Going across all of the blog posts of CircuitPython release, uh, which is, um, there's a gist linked in the notes. Uh, creating an Adafruit jargon dictionary, which is also a list linked in the notes. Uh, waiting for my Pi Portal to maybe demo that rather than Pi Gamer and Airlift. Uh, testing an NRF52840 LED hat code, maybe for a surprise demo. 
Um, and then also perfecting my PyGamer MLX90640 example to use map range, self-inflicted issue, and PR. And checking BLE MicroPython on ESP32 to see if I can talk to CircuitPython BLE. Uh, next up is Drew Fustini. Yeah, uh, still working through some issues with uh, PWM out, um, getting that to work both um, on the BeagleBone and the uh, Pocket Beagle. Um, so still taking a look at that. Um, and I think that's it for now. Excellent. Thanks. Excellent. Thanks. And, and who is text only, so I will read it off. Bluefruit Playground app past week. Updated the image assets to fit nicer on wider range of screen sizes. Fixed a few of the remaining minor differences between the iOS app and the Android one. Got touch dragging to change the camera view and the accelerometer module working. Next week, switch NeoPixel animations to use fast as it can approach instead of hard-coded frame durations. Make the app exit the background service a bit more aggressively when it's not in use. Testing around disconnecting, reconnecting to different Android devices to ensure that everything is working smoothly. And next up is hair effect. Okay, so uh, this past week, uh, I got mad at the meow bit, which was taken a long time on some of the stuff that I wanted to do on it. So um, I took a break and worked mostly on cleanup work and issue resolution for 5.0, um, which included uh, circuit, uh, CPython compatibility for some library issues that we were having. Um, I fixed an issue with uh, the SPI line where you could, you were restricted to having to use both of the lines. So now we have simplex or one channel uh, SPI enabled, so you can use the other pin if you're not using it for anything SPI related for other purposes. Um, I did a kind of a general style cleanup of all the code in almost all the code that I was has been implemented in the port is in all of uh, bus IO and all of PWM. Um, since uh, some of that stuff had gotten kind of old, I mean, I mean, it was it was stuff that had been developed like way back at the beginning of the STM32 port, um, and I just wanted it to be con to be consistent across all of it, so it was more readable and uh, was working better, and making sure that all the you know possible bugs that had been maybe uncovered in other parts of BusIO were being consistently applied across all modules. So, um, so everything has kind of been cleaned up a lot. Uh, which is good. Um, this week, I'm going to be returning to the meow bit to try and get it done once and for all, um, and uh, working on uh, moving past that into some more board additions, which include the Esperinos and the uh, uh, new discovery boards for the STM32 series. Um, I'd really love to be able to help out with testing the IMXRT, since a number of those uh, topics uh, may be using some of the STM32 code. Um, so I'd like to get uh, that set up working this week so I can help contribute to that because that's a very exciting new project. Um, and uh, then I've got the unenviable task of setting up a new computer with all my old tool chains, which is going to be not as much fun. Um, <laughs> so, uh, oh, and of course, uh, CircuitPython 2020, uh, I got to team up with my buddy Blair, uh, Don Blair, who uh, 
uses CircuitPython uh, professionally. So that was kind of nice to be able to talk with him and get both angles, both as a CircuitPython developer, but also he uses it full-time as a uh, tool for science. So uh, my CircuitPython 2020 post was pretty much all about using CircuitPython for researchers who are checking out environment uh, using using CircuitPython for environmental monitoring and uh, you know farming uh, practices and uh, agriculture um, right to repair stuff. So very excited about that and uh, hoping to see more of that. So that's it for me. Excellent, thank you. Next up is Hakuza Tuna has some notes in the document that I will read off. Progress on Sphero Control Library detects all BLE robots, uh, Spark Plus, and later. Working on solving user selection of robots problem in generic way, i.e. if there are four robots turned on, how does the user select one given CPB or another Bluefruit device? And next, uh, write command library. And next up is Jeff. Last week, um, I spent a lot of time testing audio mixer and figuring out what works and what doesn't. Um, Basically, everything you throw at it works with a WAV file from the internal flash. Some things work for MP3 playback from the internal flash, but uh, if you do too much, it gets behind in the audio glitches. This morning, I ran into some audio glitches with a raw sample and audio mixer that I'm looking into. I've looked into some performance improvements of audio mixer, uh, which once I was investigating those further this morning, I found more problems there. So I hope to PR some of that stuff um, maybe this week. Uh, I fixed a hard fault on os.urandom, which was just something that I saw an issue go by. And I said, this is interesting. And I did a few PR reviews. Um, so this week, I've got a ton of audio stuff. I've got um, the left and right channels of an MP3 file are desynchronized. I've got audio mixer performance imp improvements, um, if I can get them to be solid and work with raw samples that would be great and uh sometime this week i can actually get back to jet player feature development i think i've said that for three meetings running uh, in my ongoing fun projects i learned how to build customized raspberry pi operating system images with a tool called PyGen. it takes uh, 45 to 90 minutes you can run it on your desktop pc and if you need to add some packages or do some customization this seems like the place to start and I'm also excited that uh, at my bigger local makerspace, they have a Forum Labs printer, and I should get access to that this week. And I'm going to print some keycaps because my uh, filament-based printer just can't handle the fine details. That's it for me. All right. Thank you. Next up is Jerry. Uh, hello again. Let's see. Last week, um, I, again, all been struggling with this reliable datagram mode. It, you know, it's sort of working, but then it's a question of how reliable reliable is. So I'm, I've <laughs> just been trying to figure out, you know, how to, how to get it to not, not miss things. Um, but we're getting there. And um, also been doing a lot of work in the same vein on use, the use of interrupts on the Raspberry Pi. Um, that really makes a big difference on, on that implementation. And um, got a lot of valuable experience playing with the Bluefruit Android app. Um, I have these couple of donated Android phones that I use for testing mostly BLE stuff. And it's been nice to get some experience using them. So I learned a bunch of new Android tricks. Um, next week, my real focus is trying to 
get this RFM 9X and 69 stuff working and get, try and get it, get it in so other people can start playing with it. And then whatever else I do, because I'm really getting used to being retired. This is fun. Excellent. <laughs> do you have any IMX boards, Jerry? Uh, I just ordered one. I ordered one of the, um, well, I, yeah, I ordered the, I ordered the development kit okay. and I ordered it, one of the teensies. So awesome. Yeah. So I'll start playing with those. Sweet. All right. So uh, that is status updates. Thanks everyone for participating, um, including those of you who put in notes and uh, were not in the meeting. Um, so that means it is time for In the Weeds. Uh, in the Weeds is an opportunity for more long form discussions. Uh, sometimes coming out of status updates, other times uh, just things that you come up with that you want to talk about that don't make sense in status updates um, or you want to get deeper into uh, that sort of thing. Um, we are available all week for In the Weeds um, uh, in the CircuitPython channel, but this is the time of this meeting when we um, try to have our bigger discussions. Um, and we put it at the end so that if you are more interested in the rest of the meeting, you have the opportunity to uh, listen to all of that before getting here. Because um, sometimes we do get pretty deep into the weeds. So uh, first off, I will turn it over to Jeff for uh, his topic. Well, this is just a question because I don't have any idea why, but it's come up a number of times that whenever the circuit play ground library gets a new function, uh, it requires a stack size bump. And that seems really weird. And do we know why that is? Or does somebody need to investigate it? Um, it's because, well, we added a subclass to the library. So that added an extra layer. And then during the initialization, it's just on the import. It, it initializes all the um, I2C peripherals, and they tend to get kind of deep on the stack when they're doing the initialization. And apparently, most people's code is not like that. That's But the most recent thing that pushed us over the limit, if I understand right, is adding some functions where the body just says that it's not implemented. And that doesn't seem like it should take any more stack than the function that was right above it in the file, in the Python file. Yeah, I don't know what, why, what, it, what on the stack is using up. I mean, it was on the very hairy edge before. I kind of fine-tuned it and added about 16 last time. So uh, I don't know why. It may have just been a simple, I don't know why. Okay. That's, that's import of a .py file? MPY, I think, because it's the frozen in version of the Circuit Playground yeah. library. Well, if it's frozen, it shouldn't do anything on import. Well, it does. Yeah. I guess when you instantiate it, it still has to. Yeah. Yeah. It no, because it has an instantiation at the bottom. Right. Unlike yeah. most imports, it, it, it defines a global variable, the CP or CPB or CPX global variable, which. Right calls a constructor. So right. That's yeah, and I I can't explain why. Um 
adding and not implemented does that. But I'm sure there's a reason. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think it how, how big is the stack right now? Uh, for uh, it's four zero seven nine or seven nine or something minus two fifty six. Okay, so like four K. Yeah, ish. Yeah. It was four K. I think it was four K, and we added about. I thought I asked you. You added two fifty six to it or something. It yes, was... that is what I did. I'm just I'm remembering what the yeah. resulting number was, not what the original okay. number was. Okay. Right. It was forty fifty four, and we added two fifty six to it. I think something like that. Okay. And I two fifty six might be too much, but I don't mind making it too much. Yeah, that's. I mean, the trade off is just that it comes out of the heat then, right? Yeah. So that was that's why I was being so careful beforehand trying to use up as little as possible. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I won't sweat it then. Um, it just seemed a little weird, and it had come up a number of times. So thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know for a fact that there's work to do in terms of memory footprint as we import modules. Um, like, that's why we switched to MPY in the first place, is that it just has a lower RAM, lower stack hit. Mm -hmm. Or is it RAM or stack? I don't even remember. But it's just ba basically it's like... RAM. Well, like, MPY, like, MPYs and PIs have the same footprint at the end once you're done importing it. It's just mm -hmm. that... Um, it takes less to import. Well, yeah. if, if it's frozen, it's already... Correct. Right, it's already, the bytecodes are already, they don't have to live in RAM. That's what, That was the main reason we did it. Right. Yeah. And some random thing around bytecodes is I've been thinking about whether we should actually have, uh, we could store bytecodes in tightly coupled data memory if we have it. So potentially we actually have a second heap where we only store Python bytecode. Yeah. On the uh, that is that IMX or which one is that? Or is yeah, that the, the IMX and then the STM F4s also have core coupled memory that could do it as well. That we can't actually we for right now we're not actually using the STM's core coupled memory at all because you can't DMA from it. So. Yeah, starting I to think about for a second. What, what what was what what would this be for? I was thinking about Alec like having a second heap in the in the core coupled memory f just for Python bytecode. Hmm. Okay. Um, just something I was kicking around. There's yeah. certainly lower hanging fruit at this point, uh, like storing the MP state context and stuff like that in core coupled memory, but uh, longer term. Uh, there's some other stuff we could put there too. Yeah, as long as yeah, okay, that seems like a good, a decent use for it. Just uh, it's good to keep in mind that it can't be used on any of the starter boards, so it'll be for four hundred fives and up. Not the four hundred ones, you mean? Yeah, it will work on the four four hundred one, four eleven, four twelve. Any of the they they're called the uh, starter line, I think. Okay, uh, it has to be foundation line or higher foundation ah, okay. or advanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, otherwise, they won't have it. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, the Sandys don't have it either. So. Yeah. Cool, cool. We'll, have, we'll have to have a... I mean, you can always just throw it in regular RAM. Uh, okay. All right. Excellent. Um, next, I will turn it over to Sedacious.
I don't recall where I saw it. I'm going to hazard a guess it was in a CircuitPython 2020 post, but um, somewhere I saw mentioned uh, the idea of CircuitPython office hours. Um, mm -hmm. And I believe the person clarified that it should be kind of similar to, uh, you know, in college or wherever, where the professor is available at scheduled times to answer questions from students and whatnot. And I believe there was a response that uh, this thing we're doing right here in, in the weeds is pretty similar um, and has kind of become that to some extent. Um, I like both ideas, um, but, I, you know, not everyone can make a meeting, so not everyone's going to be able to um, participate. Um, I am certainly willing to make myself available for, you know, a little bit of time here and there. You know, I can't spend all day answering questions, but I'm certainly willing to do it when I can. Um, does anyone else like this idea? If so, can we think about trying to set up a schedule? I think one possibility to consider, especially since you made the valid point that not everyone can make the meetings, um, is that uh, if we set up a specific schedule, unless it's extremely varied, um, there's still going to be situations where people can't make it. And I know um, we have often uh, done it sort of where if you have some questions or something, you know, let us know and we can schedule a time. Mm -hmm. um, so there's also that possible angle to take um, where it's still the same concept, nope. but um, you you sort of do it when um, the people who need it are available, which may be at different times. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. This feel like a little bit redundant to me when we have such an active Discord channel um, for people to have individual office hours where others couldn't, wouldn't be able to hear what's going on and pitch in. Because, I mean, it seems like a lot of the questions that come in, you know, maybe they bounce off the person who was asked, like they don't know the answer, but often other people pitch in. And, uh, you know, to have individual office hours seems like you would lose that networking aspect. I don't necessarily think it has to be through voice chat, which means if it's still in the text channel, you're still opening it up to, um, you know, to others to be involved and others to, to benefit from it. Um, but I, I think the, the gist of it is that, um, that they're, that we're, tr we're trying to make like people who have like certain, you know, particular aspects, I think of knowledge available um, at, at, you know, any given point in, or a, a given point in time. Um, like, you know, Brian, for example, knows drivers quite well. Um, and maybe, you know, uh, I, I don't or something to that effect. And so having, uh, you know, those of us who have like I don't know, particular set knowledge sets be available for particular periods of time, I think just means that you know that if you have a question about whatever, um, there's a time you can ask it and you'll be guaranteed an answer versus it's not always a guarantee otherwise. I'm yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of just to follow up on that. Like we're all usually fairly available, but not always at all times. So it's kind of unpredictable. Like even me, like, you know, I need to ask Todd a question. Sometimes he's round, sometimes he's taking a run, sometimes he's taking a break, who knows? Um, uh, so yeah, having some reliable schedule would be nice, I think. And yeah, certainly we can't, you know, be all things to all people at all times. Um, 
but you know some a little bit more uh, effort in the direction of some predictability I think would be generally good um, and um, yeah being able to have a kind of interactive you know follow-up questions and stuff like that is um, helpful definitely um, the other thing that this kind of made me think of and this is probably I'm uh, optimizing too early but um, a lot of podcasts I listen to have, uh, and you know, YouTubers as well have Q and A's that they do, and they'll do kind of a Reddit-like thing where everyone will post their questions to a thread, and people can upvote them and whatnot. I don't hmm. suggest we necessarily do an upvoting system because that would require work, but you know, just something as simple as, yeah, I don't know, uh, putting them in a publicly accessible text file, or you know something like that that we can review and you know go over afterwards because you know people are also not always online even when we're scheduling things so you know that would allow them to ask a question in advance so just thought i think yeah our go ahead i was gonna say our reddit is underutilized so we could just do it on reddit with upvotes there you go um the other thing i was gonna say is like I am starting to experiment with using Calendly as a way for folks to just grab my time. So that's some way we could have like floating office hour where like people can just snag it. Um, but I think for office hours, I'd still like to just like stream it whenever it happens. And I think the floating, the floating thing was kind of what I was suggesting just in the sense that um, because we have such a variety of locations of people in our community, um, mm -hmm. being able to just say like, you know, I can do two outer, two hours out of the following six or something to that effect, you know, maybe not that okay. quickly, but like to say like during the week, you know, Thursday between two and six, I can do, you know, meet with two people, um, right. then, you know, and, and have like different available times, something like that. And then we would possibly be a little bit better off, I think, than having, um stricter time availability i guess is what i'm saying right right does anyone uh remember who brought this idea up yeah it was hukuza tuna yeah, i linked Phil. in the chat okay yeah um getting their input would be good um i can touch base with them by chatting with them earlier cool uh, exactly what he has okay and oh, I have another your next topic. Uh, <laughs> where'd the window go? Oh no, what does it say? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah, so um, when I do a sweep of releases for Arduino libraries, um, there's a convenient little link on the releases page at the top that says the number of commits since the last release, and you can click it and it shows you the diffs. And you can use that to come up with a good set of release notes and appropriately adjust the um, release number. Um, apparently, that doesn't work or exist on the Circuit Python repos, and I wonder why. I've noticed this, and I have no idea. Okay. Anyone else? Mm -mm. Probably not. I'll uh, I'll ask Lamar. Maybe she'll know. I don't, I don't know. You know. I'll take a look at the repos, see if there's some slight delta between the settings. You could probably come up with a script to just give you all the links. 
Yeah, but if I can click a button somewhere, I'd rather do that. I totally feel ya. I miss it too when it's not there. Cool. Alrighty. That's it. Alright. Uh, next up is Dan. So I was just uh, wondering, I'm not going to be around on Monday, next Monday. Uh, so are there other people who are also going to not be here on Monday, or should I just be the odd person out? They'll go ahead and have a meeting on a holiday. I, I think we should mind... push it. Yeah, I don't mind the idea of the, you know, enforcing that holiday. Yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday next week. Okay. Okay. All right. Um. So that leads us to our final in the weeds topic, which is CircuitPython 2020. Yeah, so I put this in here. Uh, I In my original post, I said today was the last day. Um, but if you haven't done it and you do want to do it, please do it. Um, it would be awesome to get more people in there. I think my plan is to basically start a like shared document, and I'll send it out. Um, if you want to see that, just make sure you're in CircuitPythonistas. And we can kind of do it throughout this week uh, through Discord. I don't, uh, unless there's things folks want to talk about right now, I don't think we need to talk about them. Um, I think we can draft this week and kind of go over that that draft next week, uh, if that's okay with everybody. Sounds good. Yeah, the silent, the crickets are are violent agreement. I think. Uh, <laughs> I I am gonna agree with something I didn't hear. I'll hold you to it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so uh, with that, um, I think we are ready to wrap up. We are inching in on an hour and a half, um, which is excellent, uh, but also a good time to wrap up. So uh, this has been the Circuit Python Weekly for January 13th, 2020. Um, again, if you uh, still want to get a um, CircuitPython 2020 post in, feel free to do so. Uh, as we said, we're going to be drafting a document over the course of the week, um, so we'll be able to get that in. Um, so uh, thank you everyone who participated. Thank you everyone who put in notes who was not in attendance in the meeting. And thank you to everyone who is listening to or watching this later and uh with that um we will see you next week thanks everyone bye everybody <laughs>